How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the freakiest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? Doing good. I forgot about that post. Wedge, man. Oh, That's yeah. I, I, I forgot for a second. I, that, did, that, that took me a second. Wedge and I, Wedge and I are are are, are little little uh, horn dogs on on uh, little freaky on uh, not at each other, but <laughs> towards the ladies on on Twitter. Wedge is a Wedge is a freak. Yeah, I, I see that, Mike. Uh, Mike, where can we find you on OnlyFans? <laughs> at CD Piglet, all of them. Instagram, OnlyFans, Twitter. Probably Facebook. I think there's still one on there. Snapchat. It's always at CD Piglet. Do you have an OnlyFans, Mike? Be honest. I I don't. I have I I he have. Would, he would post it on Snapchat. I have a Snapchat. <laughs> I have a Instagram. I have Twitter, and I have a Facebook, but I only have that because of the Oculus. Otherwise, I wouldn't even have a Facebook. I'm not. I'm not heavy into social media like that. I got you. I got you. Uh, joining us tonight is president of the Jake Ferguson fan club, Brendan Fergie Smith. Brendan, how are you? I'm well, I'm doing great today, but you know what? Not that great yesterday. I was kind of a uh, kind of an awful showing. Yeah, I hear that, man. Well, Brendan, where can we find you on X, a.k.a. Twitter? You can find me at Brendan underscore Smith 26. I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on X at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, as the saying goes, all good things must come to an end, and such is the case with the Dallas Cowboys. After five straight victory Mondays, the boys and I have to discuss the unfortunate loss of the Buffalo Bills. But before we discuss anything football-related, we must discuss one thing and one thing only. Of course, I'm referring to my personal favorite segment, Meatless Monday. Mike, tell me something good was on the menu today. Yeah, it was pretty good. I had a, a mushroom and quinoa omelet. Uh, basically rosemary, salt, and pepper is the flavoring there because mushrooms and eggs and them don't have really any flavors. So you got to add and quinoa, really. So, yeah. uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the mushrooms give you the texture, the quinoa is filling, the eggs, uh, are the protein and, um, and then the rosemary is kind of the flavor. So it was really good. And I'm up a bib salad tonight. Uh, that's some um, lettuce. Butternut squash that's been roasted. There's dried cherries, uh, walnuts and pecans, and some green apples in there. Rabbit food, but it's actually really, really good, like shockingly good. All the textures and all the all the senses are gonna be satisfied after that salad. That's what yeah, it's there the it's part of the reset. And the it, the one thing he's really good at is making sure it's texturally really good, and that's important to me. And then it's like it's a, it has sweet elements, you know, the apples tart, the dried cherries are sweet, the nuts bring a, a, a texture, and then um, the dressing is very um, uh, vinegar forward, so that brings your acid, so it's really well balanced. It's I eat that salad even when I'm not on a reset. It's, it's really good. It's weird. It's like foods that have a, a multiple, multiple textures are a lot more satisfying, a lot more filling. Yes, agreed. I, I I think texture is it. Look at how our top five cereals. Almost every cereal, basically every cereal I picked was because they don't get soggy. Like I'm a big texture person. I almost picked up a bag of s'more cereal today, Mike, at the at the uh, grocery store. But I wanted to eat the cereal that I have first. But man, I was tempted to grab that s'more cereal. It's good, man. It's surprisingly really good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that top five last week. I'm equally, I'm equally, as, if not more excited about our top five segment this week. I, I'll, I'll admit. The Brendan top five. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Enough talk about food, man. Let's let's go ahead and get through this. I know it's not going to be a fun discussion tonight, but uh, not to take anything away from the Buffalo Bills and what they did, but Mike, when you look at this game, was this a bad Dallas game or a good Buffalo game? I gotta lean more bad Dallas, and I and I think it's. It, it comes from the start. Uh, Tank Lawrence, uh, late hit on Josh Allen. I know a lot of people didn't like because Josh Allen flopped and and he claimed to hit the face mask, which he didn't. But Tank did hit him late. It, it didn't have to be called, but it wasn't like, a, oh, my God, the refs are out to get us. Like, he did hit him late. Like, it was stupid. It was unnecessary. So there was that that cost us four points because that should have been a field goal. 
And then Dak misses Cook deep on the next one, wide open on the second play of the game. I mean, you got to hit that. Especially we've been sitting here talking about he's an MVP. MVP-level quarterbacks aren't missing those often. Uh, and then there was the block punt by Sam Williams. I mean, I, I, I was yelling blocked punt because he got through, and I was like, oh. And then I'm looking like, wait, what happened? I asked Mitchell. I'm like, how the hell did he get that through? And Mitchell's like, I don't know. And then it showed the replay, and I guess he jumped, and it like went under his body. And then he hits the, the guy and gets a roughing. And and that and they score on that drive. So instead of like hitting Cooks for a touchdown, stopping them for a field goal, and then maybe a block punt touchdown where you're up 14-3, they come down, score, they're up 14-0. And then from there, you just couldn't stop the run. They they that was crazy. James Cooks, James Cooks averaged four over four yards a carry before contact. Before contact. Averaging four yards a carry is like, wow, you had a good rushing game. Four yards of carry before he was touched, he averaged. That that's that's just bad. That's 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 on you. Whether it's we'll talk about like how, how what Quinn did or the effort of the players or whatever. There's only so much Buffalo can do where you're not touching people before four yards on a run. That that's craziness. So Buffalo did great, but. It was bad Cowboys. Didn't even make Josh Allen throw. He didn't even have 100 yards. He didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Insane. Brennan, what about you? What are your thoughts? Was this a bad Dallas game or a good Buffalo game for you? Uh, it's it's both because they had the mixture to beat. They, they knew the scheme. They knew everything that could beat us easily. But, no, Mike hit it right on the nose. Dude, these atrocious penalties. It's like, oh, like the ref route is they weren't. But y'all are smarter than this. Like, come I'll I'll get into later about Sam Williams. I got some you know some things to say about that man, but dude, I know you're big. It's so much fun to see a big guy going down on punts or trying to block a punt. It's so much fun to watch. You are 6'3", 6'4", 250, 260. How the hell do you first miss the ball and then you're just throwing your body at a what six foot, one hundred ninety pound punter, like? He should have grabbed the ball from. I'm sorry. No, you're no, you're gonna grab the ball from him from his like took it off his foot. He was in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I no, you're good. I completely agree with you. But it's just it's stupid penalties. Coaching played like they were terrified to lose. They that one deep play is all we had basically to cooks. It's like okay, cool. We did our deep shot. It didn't work. Let's throw to the sideline now. Let's throw out routes that your wide receivers can't get open from. It was all just bad, but we talk about this every every time we've lost besides Seattle, I mean, besides Philly. That's the only time we've talked about a loss where we didn't bring up these points. That's the only time Arizona played like ass. San Fran, I, I don't really want to talk about that game. That brings back just a lot of bad memories. But, like, you have one good play, and then everything else just goes awful. So, yeah, bad Dallas. You know, being in Buffalo was a bit of an ugly weather game. The rain started to really take uh... – Kind of not take hold necessarily, but come down in the second half. And there were some issues with the wind all game. How much did weather play a factor in this game, do you think, Brendan? It, of course it has a factor because, you know, you're playing in a dome. You're used to just playing with 70-degree weather. Or maybe you have a door open, you'll have a little bit of wind. But what they were doing, what they were trying to do didn't matter. <laughs> I guess they ran the ball a little bit more. You can say Buffalo did with the weather. But no. Now the drops were like, dude, it slipped out of his hand. No. It was it was. No, the weather did not mean that much to the loss. Michael, do you think the weather played a factor at all? No, I don't. The, what they what they lost by was more scheme um, and uh, just getting punished than it was like, like he said, a ball slipping out of somebody's hand for a, for a fumble or a, a drop or something like that. It it was. Uh, Poorly schemed up defensively and uh, poorly executed on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's always tough to discuss a loss like this, especially a double-digit loss when when nothing's going right. But you haven't had a lot of questions about the Dallas offense. But when you look at this game, Mike, was it run, de- run defense or, or pass protection? Which area is most worrisome going forward in Dallas? I got to say pass protection only because if the – if if Dak's good, you're going to be in these games. If you're protecting Dak, 
you're going to have a chance to win. Even if the, even if the deep run, like before this game, which we're going to talk about later on, I, I basically have this as an answer later, but the, the run defense was 32nd ranked EPA per rush allowed. So they were the worst team versus the run. It's just the offense would get you ahead or the defense would get a turnover or something would happen where, and, and we would start getting ahead and teams couldn't run on us. And that was our, our chance to stop the run is our offense doing really well or our defense turning over the ball and us getting a lead. And so if Dak is good in pass protection and we can move the ball, eventually, you know, we'll either play our way out of them running or we'll go tick for tack with them. They come down the field, we get the ball, we come down the field. Um, so it isn't as big a deal because we're 10 and we were 10 and three going in and we were the worst run defense in the league. If you do it analytically, if you look per play, so pass protection, if, if, if we can't stop a four man rush and they're allowed to play seven man zones behind us, that's, that has been an issue routinely in our losses. Brendan, what about you? Are you more concerned with the run defense or, or the pass protection? Well, I, I am, uh, I was, and I still am leaning more run defense. Uh, run defense, but Mike does is really convincing. He almost dissuaded me back <laughs> over, but uh, it's I, I completely agree with Mike. If Dak can go take for ten, if you get ran on forty nine times, you're not going to win. I don't care if Mahomes is at his ultimate MVP throwing for fifty touchdown level, you're not winning. Your defense is getting blown, and it's bad. Uh, also, the pass protection that's called Terrence Steele. I worried about it. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't wasn't going to jinx anything. I was worried about it, and I was rightfully so. But your defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. I feel like I could have just thrown my body out there. I wouldn't have done anything, but at least I would have filled something. Like, they were just tackling all downfield. It was just awful. It made me think of all our entire defense was Jalen Smith out there. Hmm. Maybe you could have filled the B gap a little bit better than what the Cowboys did yesterday, Brendan. You know, that would have been nice to see. Just it, all they could have done is just like, hey, you know, we're getting our ass kicked. You run to the B cap. I don't care if they're running opposite side. Y'all fill those gaps. You know where it is. I'm not saying read the play at all. Just be there. See what happens. Yeah. You know, the, uh, another question about this defense is we haven't suffered any major injuries, thankfully, outside of uh, Trayvon Diggs. But when you look at the depth of this of the defense, is it a problem in your eyes uh, gearing toward this playoff run, Brendan? Brendan. Yeah. Because you have your linebackers, you have three. I'm not counting Tyrus Wheat. I'm not counting him as a linebacker. But you have Marquise Bell, Damone Clark, and Rashawn Evans. There's those are small guys. Yeah. They are small. Pass, hey, pass coverage. Damone Clark and Marquise Bell have been awesome. I I've loved what I've seen. There's so much fun. There's so much like I don't play Madden much, but like there's so much fun to use a Madden. There's fast. They can't do anything. You see what happens when Jonathan Hankins is out. Mm. Bozzy was Bozzy wasn't even out there that much. He wasn't. I saw Chauncey Golston out there more. Chauncey freaking Golston, who's a pass rushing three tech, who is also defensive end, <laughs> just trying to stop anything. It's just it's god awful. They're saying move Micah there. Micah didn't play well against the run. Like what do you want? There was no one there that could have tackled Leighton. If Leighton was there, he would have filled the wrong gaps too. So like, there's nothing Dallas honestly could have done. Michael, are you concerned with the depth of this defense as, as of today? Yeah, I would say you have to be. Like he said, um, uh, your linebacker core is small and and not a lot of them. You're one cornerback away from being in trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your DTs without Hankins are very meh. Um, uh, running, run stopping especially, uh, holding up against double teams especially. Now, is this true for a bunch of teams? Sure. Like, a lot of teams, one or two injuries knock you out. But, like, we're in big trouble if we lose a cornerback. Like, you know, if you if you lose the guy whose name I'm not going to say or one of the two main guys on your D-line, uh, you're in, in – Don't put like, it in the air. Third, basically. So, yeah, they're, they're – they're very um, limited in how they could win. They can win, but it's a very thin line to be able to do it. And they're one injury away at three spots from being like no chance. 
Yeah, it's scary, man. I'm, you know, we're not going to say the, those names will not be mentioned, but my God, I can't imagine losing one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what, what is your confidence level in Dallas winning a road playoff game? Uh, Depending on the team, I would say 7.5 out of 10 versus most of the NFC teams. One out of 10 if it's if we got to go to San Francisco. So, you know, that you got to avoid that team. But, uh, you know, do I don't know if I'd pick a say, say Philly ended up winning this and, and Niners lose to the Ravens and Philly gets the one seed and we're the five seed and we beat, uh, you know, we beat whoever and go into Philly. I would go into that game about 50 50 confidence, you know, like, okay, they're off yeah. a bye, but we know how to beat Philly. We'll see what happens. It's going to be who turns the ball over. You know, who gets the call at the right time, at the right spot. You know, who can make a big play. It'll be a close one. So I would say that game would be like a five or a six. First round guys going into Atlanta, going to New Orleans, going into Tampa Bay, I'm high, eight, nine, ten. You know, and then going to San Francisco, I have zero confidence. So, mm. you know, it depends on your 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 different team that you're playing. Brendan, what about you? Are you as – uh, not confident as, as Mike is all only against one team. The, the thing is, you can say the weather is a factor. People who could, people who people have been saying that they're like, Oh, the field, the only team that can have bad, bad weather is Philly in the NFC. That's the only time you'll hit anything. San Fran, it's in California. Nothing's going to happen. Detroit, you're in a dome. If you play, of course, if you're playing at home, you're in a dome. All the other teams are in the South. So like, you're good. Like it's, they don't have very much good of a run game. Jameer Gibbs is scary a little bit. Honestly, he's kind of scaring me more and more as I watch him. Man. Yeah, watch out. And so it, Detroit's running game, that's the only thing that scares me on their team. It's San Fran. Like, that's the only team that truly dis like, oh, why? Why are we here? That's the only team that scares me. That's the only road game that's pretty bad. Yeah, Prescott, our guy has a question here. What are your thoughts on the idea that one seed might end up having to go through both of the other two, Philly and Dallas, or vice versa, whereas the two seed might only have to go through one of the other two juggernauts? Yeah, that's what my friend who's a Niner fan says the same thing. He goes, oh, I don't want to be the two seed. I want to be the one seed. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. strike that, Willy Wonka, reverse it. Uh, <laughs> uh, great movie, by the way, the new Wonka. Um the two seed is what my friend wants to be. He's like, I'm not lose the. He goes, he goes. Uh, uh, let Philly beat Seattle, knock them out. We'll uh, we'll take the two seed because when you guys beat uh, whoever the South team is, you can go play Philly, and we'll take the other team on. We'll take on Detroit or whoever, and then only have to play one of you guys in the championship game. So yeah, yeah that's his. That's my Niner fan friend's feeling. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, let's see here, Mike. Uh, awesome to hear that on Wonka. I'm really wanted to see that. I'm a big fan of uh, Timothy Chalamet or Jimothy Shamwell. It yeah. looks like it'd be kind of a funny movie. Hugh Grant looks like he might be actually kind of the uh, the star of the show there. Hugh Grant is good. He's he's not in a ton of it, but when he's in, he is the star. Yeah, uh, Brenda, do you see similarities between the losses against better competition? Like I said earlier, besides uh, Philly's the only loss where I'm like, well, we should have won. Arizona yeah. murdered. I know you got you know you came back in in the end and you could have won. Awful scheme in the end. Uh, that play still pisses me off. I know exactly the interception and everything, but Arizona runs down your throat. San Fran runs down your throat. Like they didn't have to. Like they George Kittle had three touchdowns. They destroyed you. I think, but it still happened. The James Cook. How did he, James Cook not get the game ball? I, I know they want to do it for morale. Yeah, but are you joking? If Tony Pollard go off, goes off and Dak didn't do much, like, oh hey, here's Dak, I'm like, brother, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> James Cook carried your team. I know the def the defense played great too, but if you didn't have James Cook, that game is so different. For I can't. Real. Even, no, I wait. I can't even say it that much. Ty Johnson killed us as well. <laughs> yeah. Mike, what about you? Did, do you see any similarities in, in these losses against you know San Francisco, Philly, and, and now the Bills? Yeah, they run the ball, they limit possessions, they play zone and uh, and try to get pressure with four. Um, and if you're successful at doing that, you typically beat Dallas. Even in the um, even in the Eagles game, if you watch the start of the second half, 
They just ran it down our throats, controlled the whole quarter, scored two touchdowns. And we went from up 17-7 at the time. That style switched the whole game. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a clear run the ball, lower the, the, the possessions of the game by keeping your, uh, your uh, offense on the field with the run game, uh, keep your defense fresh. You don't have to show them a lot of different stuff because there's not a lot of possession. So when they get you to third and long, you can bring more exotic blitzes because they're not getting enough possessions to catch up on everything, you know, that you're running. And then uh, make sure to rush for, play the shell back with the safeties, dare them to run, and uh, and get your pressure with a four-man rush and, and seven in the uh, in coverage. Yeah. You know, during the five-game win streak, it seemed like the Cowboys could do no wrong. But, you know, yesterday's game, it seemed like everything went wrong. Is this a game where everything goes wrong and you build from it, or is it a fundamental problem in your eyes, Mike? Uh, I would say the run defense, since it was 32nd in in uh, EPA per rush allowed, and the pass protection are fundamental problems that continually show up. Uh, the rest of the stuff, Dak missing a deep ball, he's been a killer on that. That they're normally great on special teams. I mean, Sam Williams just—I don't know if he just has never been taught what to do when you broke through, but he got through so fast. All he had to do was run up, walk up to the kicker's foot, and he would have kicked it right into his hands. But he did a weird jump, which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to dive at the leg, you know. Um, so you know that that kind of stuff was—it was what it was, but. There are stuff that that is an issue consistently, so you know they're they're. I don't know if they could fix it either with the way their, the way their team is teams that can exploit those deficiencies. I don't know what they do to change that. Brendan, what about you? Is this something? Is this a game we can build off of, or do we have some fundamental problems here? It's fundamental problems. I. I hate people seeing this. Oh, well, Dallas needed this game to you know, wake him up. I thought that was a Sam Fran game. I thought that was a wake up game. I thought that's what we were supposed to have. You're, you, championship teams don't have, they usually don't even have one. They don't have two in the same season of getting their ass kicked. And they're, okay, hey guys, this is actually a problem. We need to talk about this. What? <laughs> it's, you're, you're getting blown every time you've lost. You're, we played, like, we played. Uh, offensively great against Seattle. We played uh, decent against Philly, but it's just we they coach the coaches play scared, and as soon as they like, oh shit, they have a good roster, they have a good coach. All right, we're playing conservative. We we were all like, dude, McCarthy's being uh, ballsy. He's throwing it deep. We're we're throwing it when we don't need to. This is what we've been needing. I'm not doing that. I'm running it down your throat with Tony Pollard. I'm gonna throw it outside to Jake Ferguson getting. Uh, flagged or we're just gonna throw one deep ball a game and then that's it happens San, uh, San Fran the only thing it happens is you got that Tony Pollard touchdown uh, I mean Kevontae Turpin touchdown off a deep ball and then nothing else happened same thing with this game they tried going to Cooks that didn't work okay cool that's out of the playbook yeah Matthew had some insight here. I genuinely believe that this team being as young as it is, particularly at the impact player position this was a tune-up game in the sense of discipline and intensity what are your thoughts on that, Mike? I think if it was, they failed badly at being at the right intensity and, and playing the right discipline. Also, Brendan, you got to add away, dude. You got to stop talking about getting blown. You away, blown away. When you don't add away, it is it is a different thing. <laughs> yeah, I will say this, not just the uh... – Players, but man, I was you know I, I missed most of the first quarter um, yesterday. That's why we shout lost. Out to, shout out to Prescott for keeping me up to date on everything. But I was watching you know just the play calling and how we were playing, and I was like, man, we're down by twenty points and we're still just running. We're not even taking any deep shots. We're not targeting the middle of the field. We're just we're playing scared. It's like we're you know we'll talk about it a little bit more, but it's like man, we had just kind of given up after the first half. It was strange, like bad bad. Game by the coaches and the players for sure. It felt like a game when you when I rewatched it. It felt like a game that they said we just ain't got it after at half and just mm. decided yeah. not to to adjust Melody anything. Dinner. We're just gonna run the same stuff. We're not gonna give anything away. This one's already over, which is shocking to say. 
but it, that's what it felt like looking at the tape. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is going to be a little crazy, but we've seen the defense be inconsistent this season. Brendan, has Dan Quinn regressed? I only can say regress against better. Comp- like, I, I, I. Every time we, every time we've had a loss, we've had the same conversations. It, it's not like bad on us because we're just talking about what we see, but it's the same thing every time against decent slash bad competition. Dan Quinn's pinpoint. He knows exactly what he's going to do. He's going to do all these stunts. He's going to do all this crazy stuff to get players in the right position. It's, it's the entire coaching staff. It's going to be makes good competition. Like everyone's just scared. I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know. I don't know what to do. We're just going to run our base defense. We're not going to do anything. It's it's just so stupid. They can't stop decent teams with the same scheme every time they beat you every the same way every time. Well, let me rephrase it. Has Dan Quinn not maybe regressed, but started to be figured out, getting yeah. figured out? Oh yeah, easily. Oh man, hey, they're not that big on the D line. Their linebackers are small. What, why don't we run it and see what happens? Oh, that's a thirty yard gain. I think that works. And he doesn't try to put anyone out there. He doesn't try to fill the box a little bit more. I, why do I keep seeing Donovan Wilson and Jaron Curse back 12, 15 yards? I know you don't have Malik Cooker. I understand. But why? They're both in the box safeties, and you're like, oh, hey, let's have you 15 yards back. Hey, let's put some younger, smaller guys out there. Why? I'd much rather see Izzy or uh, Thomas back there instead of seeing <laughs> Jaron Curse, who can't move that much. Mike, what about you? Do you think Quinn has requested all or maybe starting to be figured out? I think definitely anytime you have, you know, years of tape on somebody that he, he gets figured out a little bit, but I would like to remind, you know, all pro corner gone, starting number one linebacker gone, starting free safety gone, uh, uh, starting one technique. Uh, the rest of them are very, very young and not very yeah. like he's the one that, you know, that's why you brought him in was he's your guy there. The rest of them are rotational guys to so give him a break, but he's that one, one technique. Jonathan Ankin's been great at it for a decade. You know, he lost a lot of, he's lost a lot. Of, how many, how many teams just could lose digs? And yeah. I mean, digs is that dude. Like he's, he's that guy, you know, he's an all pro 11, you know, interceptions, eliminate a guy corner. And if you take him away from most teams, you're going to be like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're going to be in trouble. Then you add your, your one big physical, you know, ish. LVE is not that physical, but for them, he's their thumper type linebacker and your one technique and your only true free safety on the whole roster. Um, it's a lot. That's that's a lot. That is a lot to to deal with, especially when teams ha- know how to attack you. Now, mm-hmm. is he good enough to get stops? You know, or do they still do well against when they have their healthy guys? Yeah, but you you're you're gonna get figured out some, which is gonna hurt, and then you also add injuries. It's gonna hurt, and and I told people when I told them I go Hankins, you know that Hankins injury is gonna kill him. People were like, oh, he's lost this and that. I'm like, yeah, but it you lose digs, right? And you go, okay, we can't leave this guy one-on-one. We got to give shade help sometimes. That's going to take this guy from here. All right, so you got to play like this to make sure our run game still is good. That way we don't get killed. Then you lose LVE. Okay, we're going to have a smaller linebacker here, so we're going to have to make this adjustment too. Hankins, you got to be solid here and take on the double teams. You guys got to keep your edges because we got to keep Bell protected and Clark protected and let them run and get the – then Hankins goes down. It's not just Hankins. It's a continual set of adjustments every time you lose somebody. And so, you know, it, it probably impacts them big time. It, it's going to be hard to win without those guys. But they still got a chance because they got the quarterback. Quarterback gives him a chance on the other end. Yeah, so forgive me, guys. I did mention that I missed most of the first quarter and some of the second, but at some point, did, did Malik Hooker, did he go down? What, what did I miss there? He was out from the start, ankle injury. He didn't practice. They thought he was going to be able to go and never really got going for him. 
And so they just wanted to re- they they decided they'd rather rest him for the game. I man, I totally missed that. That was uh that's shocking to me. How, how's it how is, is it severe? I mean, they thought he was gonna possibly play this last he week. He was supposed to play. Okay. Uh Brian Broadus, voice of the star, uh Patrick Nosey Walker, and another who I'm blanking on all said um Lee Cooker's playing. And then on the day of the game, he ended up inactive. And everybody was like, oh shoot. And they were like, I guess they didn't. It it wasn't he wasn't able to do what they want you know what he expected to do so they weren't going to risk it. Yeah, you know, Brendan mentioned that you're convincing Mike, and I have to agree. You know, uh, you mentioned all those injuries. It's interesting though because we after we lose Trayvon Diggs, like everybody was shocked at how well the secondary's been playing. Then we lose LBE, and then Demon Clark really starts to come on. Marcus Marquise Bell starts to shine, but then of all people, Jonathan Hankins he goes down, and it's like, man, that really made the most impact. Yeah, because it 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 compiles on itself. Yeah. You have to do certain things to to make up for the loss of digs, certain right. things to make up for the loss of of LVE. And now it's like, damn, dude, okay, let's try this, you know, and obviously they got killed, so it didn't work. Well, I hate this next question. This is my question, but Mike, would it be crazy to move on from Dan Quinn after this season? I think he he'll go get a head coaching job. So I don't think we'll have to move on. I think, you know, you could see the writing on the wall. If he doesn't do it this year, um, you know, every, every year, as good as the defense is, you're going to lose this next year. You're probably going to lose Fowler. You're probably going to lose Dorrance Armstrong. You are likely yeah. to lose Gilmore. I hope they bring him back. But with Bland and, and paying Trayvon Diggs, Gilmore probably goes. Jordan Lewis probably goes. And so there's, you know, there's only so much you can do when you know how the ownership is and you know Dak, Micah, Lamb, uh, uh, Fergie. Uh, you know, there's going to be guys that are going to have to pay within the next one to four years. And so, you know, it is what it is. He's probably going to be smart enough to go, hey, I gave it a three-year run. We try to get one. Whether it happens or not this year, go and take that Chargers job where you get Justin Herbert. Yeah. Brendan, if you had to choose – would you rather resign Jake Ferguson or Jordan Lewis? <laughs> All right, let me let me think about this. You gotta think about the contracts. You gotta think about the money. Oh, so Jordan Lewis already went to the XFL. Cool, got it. All right, so yeah, we'll keep Fergie here. Enjoy that half-eaten pimento sh- sandwich. No, but seriously, uh, Brendan, you know if Dan Quinn leaves, how, how are you feeling about the loss of Dan Quinn next season? Is if it, Al Harris is here, I'm honestly I don't know how much I feel differently. Dan Quinn is doing great with what he's had. And of course, Mike pinpointed perfectly with all the injuries and all, but for what we get beat by Dallas has never invested in size at linebacker. They've never invested at size on the defensive line. They're all about speed. They're like, we just run faster than you. We're going to beat you. And so Dan Quinn's like, okay, I'll work with it. So honestly, LMO, do you think that the Renegades are willing to will and deal with that old, old two and Jerry, Wildcat and Jerry? Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, man, not only was the impact of Hankins not being there, but as soon as Zach Martin went down, the, the offensive lines really came to a crumble. Brendan, well, how much of a difference would Zach Martin have made in this game? I, you know, he would have helped. Of course, but Terrence Steele is a was a liability, and he has been every every time we face good competition. Other than the Panthers, he did do well against Brian Burns. I will give him his flowers there, but he got beat. Zach Martin, of course, will help. He's a Hall of Famer. Anytime you add a Hall of Famer to any part of your team, he's go, they're going to help. But I you would have getting Dak like what point two more seconds because he would have run to help Biotish, help Terrence Steele. Zach Martin would have had his hands full. But, you know, Bass kind of got his ass kicked. Yeah, he did. Mike, do you think Zach Martin help, helps this game at all? Yeah, if they could have put him at, like, DT or defensive line. <laughs> a little bit, I think that would, have, that would have helped out. Yeah, that was too much of a butt whooping on the other end of the field for uh, Zach Martin to make too much of a difference. Yeah. Can, can we win a playoff game without Zach Martin, Mike? Steel and Biotish would uh, probably not. Steel, Steel is a solid um, right tackle. You could live with him as your right tackle 
if your right guard, left guard, left tackle, and center are all very good. Uh, unfortunately, the center is also just a solid center. Um, and so the right guard being over there being Mr. Hall of Fame lifts them up. And then the left side is typically very, very good. And that's how you get your line to be good. But next year, you already signed Seal. You know you're stuck with it. Zach Martin is extended. They probably got to go out and improve uh, the center position. And then they can uh, they can maybe be uh, upward where you can deal with Steel. Without Zach Martin, they're not winning a playoff game, I don't think. Agreed there. So we know that Dak's been on an, an MVP tear as of late, but – when you look at this game, Brendan, did this game raise any questions about Dak or answer any questions about him that maybe, you know, some of the haters had saying he can't win a big game, can't can't win in bad weather, anything like that for you? Uh, when your entire team loses, of course, the quarterback will get the most blame, but exactly, it's everybody. Yeah. Like, I keep like, oh, well, he did this. Well, this player did this. The best I could say is Tony Pollard looked okay in the first half. That's the best I got for you. If your running back is their best thing and nothing else is going right, then, yeah. But his MVP, it, it's it's over. I loved it. The hype was awesome. We got to talk about it every week. I love talking about it. Brock Purdy, here you go. You're welcome. Mike, what about you? Did, the, did this answer any question or raise any questions about Dak with this performance? No, same old that we knew. We knew, um, uh, you know, early. He misses throws early. He's a little hyped up. Um, he's not great in bad weather. We know that, uh, sometimes he doesn't hold the ball or, you know, take the ball when he should on, on option runs. Um, that, that stuff's all, all known. So no, not really. I got you. So Brendan kind of mentioned it there, but did did this end Dak's MVP campaign, his chances? Pretty much. I mean, it's on severe life support. I guess if, if they went out, beat Miami, uh, you know, on the road in a like, and it was a Dak win. Like yeah. Dak came out, they won it 38-31, and Dak was the reason. And then they won the last two games. The offense played great, and Purdy lost to the Ravens and, and another surprise team or didn't play well against one of them. Maybe you have a chance, but even then, I think Lamar Jackson then would, by beating the Niners, would prop himself up. Um, so it would be very tough. I, I I could see a slim, slim thing, but it's like a faint heartbeat. Yeah, I feel like Dak has to really win all three games, and Purdy has to lose one for for Dak to have a chance. I feel like, and and Lamar Jackson, if they're if the game they lose is to I think the winner of Baltimore Niners ends up vaulting Dak as well. Like Purdy's already over him, but I think like if Lamar Jackson beats the Niners, I think he would go above Dak and they would still keep Purdy right there because it's like, well, he lost to the Ravens. They're really good. You know what I mean? It would make it tough. But if Purdy beats the Ravens, then it's like, well, I mean, they're beating everybody. So if they lost one game to a nobody, it'd be like, oh, who cares? You know, they, you know, they had already done what they needed to do. So it makes it very difficult. Yeah. All right. So I know there's, there wasn't a, a, too many highlights for the Cowboys in this game, but uh, Brendan, who's your player of the game this week? Uh, it should all We should all have the exact same answer. Like, if any of y'all say anything differently, then oh, uh, we need to talk. It's James Cook. Like, Dalvin oh, my Cook's God. Brother. Oh, <laughs> Dalvin Cook's brother. Dude, there's no other answer. He dominated. He averaged, I think – I think when I heard from Tom Denny, he averaged like a little over seven yards of carry total. Hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And he, I'm still pissed that he didn't get the game ball. I know we got lo- we lost, but I want the guy who destroyed us to get the ball, not the guy who had o- under 100 yards. Yeah, the very strange for Josh Allen to get that game ball, man. Very, very weird by the, the by Sean McDermott to give him the ball there. Mike, who's your player spotlight? I heard he broke. Oh yeah. Record. 10, 10 games in a season with a passing and a rushing touchdown. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Damn. He's quite the player, man. It's not, that offense is scary, dude. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like the Buffalo Bills, the team we faced, that was like how Eagles scratched and clawed their way up through some tough victories, and then they ran into us and we did them bad. That's what the Bills just did to us, you know? I agree. That's fair. 
Player spotlight, Mike. Sorry about that. Uh, I don't. Uh, nobody played well enough to get a spotlight, and everyone was bad enough to not like pick someone out to spotlight bad. So I, I don't. Oh, I enough. don't have one. Yeah. How about you, Brendan? I. I you know, first off, Mike's right. This entire team played terribly. Only reason why yeah. I wanted to point this out is because Sam Williams is Randy Gregory. But he is Randy. He'll have a play like, holy crap, that was awesome. And he'll just make yeah. a boneheaded mistake. The very next play, and you're like, why the, why the hell are you here? Like, why would you do this to us? Dude, he, he got the stop on third down on Josh Allen. He's the one who did it. And then runs into the punter. Runs into the punter. How are you this stupid? I'm sorry. I I, I would say I don't mean any like disrespect, but this is all disrespectful. I'm sorry. But like, dude, like I want to root for you. You are a beast when you want to. I said the same thing about Randy Gregory. I said the same exact thing. Randy Gregory could be a beast, and he's looking better with Sam Fran now than he ever has. So that's great. But it's 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 just awful. Both monsters, like, second round pick pass rushers, yeah. too, like guys that fell because not because of their size or talent or ability, but because everybody worried about their yeah. you know their mindset. Can we just get in a scandal where we lose our second round pick every year, Jerry? Do <laughs> Jerry Jerry can do something. Like I I bet you can do something. It'll be in the media where he'll lose something. Can we just get in, like tamper with a player that we'll never get? I feel I hear that we're trading for Aaron Donald. Can we just talk about that? And then oh no, that's a second round pick. Sam Williams is like the puppy you take out of the kennel where you let him out. He's all excited and, you know, he can sit when you tell him to. He can, he can do tricks, but then you turn your back on him and you, you look back at him and he's like peeing on your couch or he's, you know, tearing up a shoe or something. You know, you just, you can't trust him, man. But I'm glad he's on our team. But yeah, man, he, he, uh, he has a lot of, uh, of learning to do for sure. I'm going to give a spotlight. It's not necessary. I shouldn't call it a spotlight, but the Dallas D line, you know, how and why did they not fill the B gap? Allen company ran right through you. They, they kind of played heartless, man. It was a, Strange game for them. I know they lost Jonathan Hankins, but they just, you know, there was no effort. You kind of talked about it earlier, Mike, where they, after the first half, they just knew that the game was out of hand, so everybody gave up. But I felt like the D-line was just really all out of sorts yesterday. It was bad. All right, here we are with the views from the sideline, Mike. Um, excuse me here. Yeah, so why didn't Quinn make any adjustments on defense to help the run game? Was it stubbornness, lack of resources, or, or is it another reason? I have no idea. I'd love to ask him that. They um they didn't even line up like if if they would line up like blockers to linemen on one side. Like they wouldn't, you know, you a lot of times you'll shift to make sure you have uh enough people to get through on that side. So they can't just block you straight up and, and run on you. We didn't even do that. So I I don't know, to be honest. I, I have no idea. I'd love to be able to talk to him about it, but I don't know what was going on there. Personnel, I assume, just too many injuries. He and nothing he could do. Yeah, I saw Koi Media kind of questioning it too, so that's why I wanted to bring it up. Maybe he had some insight on it, but that was strange how he didn't make any any adjustments there in the second half. Yeah. Okay, Brendan. True or false? None of these games matter. It's all about the playoffs. Well, that it's true. To, I, it's true and false. It's true to an extent because the playoffs are what matters. You can lose out, but you make it. You just squeak into the playoffs. You can be like the Giants when they upset the undefeated Patriots. Like they just squeaked in and they went. And so that does matter. But games like this show you your problems and show you kind of like who you actually are. It's that's what happened. Like these games is like most teams that are dominating. The Ravens will lose some like heartbreakers, but the Ravens have dominated all year. The San Fran, they had a little losing streak, but it wasn't by like crazy scores. And now they're coming back and they're playing like nothing happened and they're dominant. You're got you got your ass kicked three times now. Yeah. Like, my true or false, none of these games matter. It's all about the playoffs. I guess technically it's true. We made the playoffs, and if we won all the way and went on the one seed, and the Niners came in and beat us in the after the bye week. We would, nobody would care, you know. So, and, and if we go and get the five seed and we win uh, Tampa, Philly, San Francisco and go to the Super Bowl, nobody's going to care that we were the five seed. So, yeah, technically, I guess it's true. I yeah, true that. for me is 
<laughs> True. Now, now that we're in the playoffs, none of these games matter to me uh, because I want us to see. I want us to see do something in the playoffs and not be one and done for once. It was you know nice to get that road victory off the monkey off their back last last year with Dak on the road, but you know we saw what happened against San Francisco. So, I, man, really, it just all depends on, on what 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 we do in the playoffs and really what we can do against San Francisco in my eyes. Yeah. All right, Brendan. One word. When you found out Dallas had secured a playoff spot after the Green Bay loss, you felt blank. I felt I, I have two like man because I didn't care. So all I was thinking was the Buffalo game, but also like I felt like a little like a little hope. I'm like, wait, if we keep this tear going, we might be able to do something. We'll, you'll, your team will have energy. You'll believe in yourself. Then they, they, you know they died. <laughs> so I it, and then all it was just man. I'm like okay, cool. We have more games to play. Yeah, Mike, how about you? Uh, when you find out Dallas had secured a playoff spot after the Grand Bay loss, you felt what? Nothing. They were 10-3. and three. They were obviously making the playoffs. The NFC is not that strong, so I didn't feel – I knew we were in the playoffs a few weeks ago, so it was like, eh. Yeah. Yeah, when I found out, uh, you know, again, our guy Prescott, he he actually let me know, and I felt annoyed just because Dallas was getting, getting it taken to the house, man putting it on an embarrassing performance. I was, of course, I'm happy that we're in the playoffs, but at that moment I was pretty annoyed just because of how we were playing. So nice that we're in the playoffs, man, but I don't know. I, I hate losing games like this after being on like one of the higher highs of the season to, to come out and put up, put up a performance like that is uh, something else. Yeah. It was too, it was too much of a stinker. Yeah. All right. Here we are at top five. And this is going to be an honor of our of our newest guy, Brendan Smith. Tonight we'll be ranking our top five breads. Brendan, it's only right that you start us off. Give us number five on your list. Y'all, okay. I know I talk about bread when it comes to things. Y'all are acting like I did. That's all I talk about. The breadman. Brendan Breadman Smith. I well, I'm just gonna start it off like super small, but I said Hawaiian rolls because those those make my sandwiches. Man, mm. they're pretty, I'm I'm in love with them. You get that with a little bit of beef and some cheese, bro, and you're just good. It's just nice and sweet while you eat. My wife and I had a tur- ham and turkey sliders on Hawaiian rolls for dinner tonight, so they make excellent sliders. Nice. I've never done sliders with them. That sounds pretty good. Very good, Mike. How about you? Number five on your list. Number five for me is uh, garlic cheese bread. Um, mm. I like to like. Um, Take a cheese mixture, add uh, Parmesan to it, spread it on. I like to rub the bread with garlic and olive oil, spread the cheese mixture on, then top it with like jack or or cheddar or whatever, and then uh, bacon in the oven. It's really good. Pr- pretty good, especially with anything red sauce. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't think about this bread, but if you've ever been to Red Lobster, the Cheddar Bay Biscuits, that did not make my list, but man, those are Melt in yeah, your mouth. Cheddar, cheddar so, biscuits so are legit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Number five on my list. I went with uh, buttermilk biscuits and my favorite meal to have with them. But, uh, you know, of course, biscuits and gravy and it has to have a runny egg on top. That's such a good one. Biscuits. Yes, sir. Is good. Yes, biscuits sir. probably should have made my list. I went too sweet with mine. Oh, yeah. You, you went uh, sweet instead of savory. That's surprising. You don't usually do that, Mike. Uh, number four on my list, I'm going with garlic bread. And my favorite meal to have it with is, of course, spaghetti. But, yeah, garlic bread, man. It You can't really eat Italian food without garlic bread, dude. It's just not 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 American. Yeah. Garlic bread or the old olive, oil, <laughs> uh, olive garden breadsticks. Mike, how about you? Number four on your list. Number four on my list. This is in honor of uh, Denny. Cane's Texas Toast, dude. Oh, I, bro. I, so, I didn't so think good. about that until he's until he said garlic bread. Then I, was, I thought of the Texas, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, Cane's is that little Denny does it, all he really eats is chicken tenders, but he <laughs> loves Cane's. And I'm like, you know, all right, it's okay, but why he's like Texas Toast? I love the Texas Toast. So the Texas Toast is pretty good, and I like to like I make it better. So my Texas toast would be better, but I'm doing Kane's Texas toast. Shout out to Kane's uh, old manager of mine now manages one in Fresno and it's little Denny's favorite spot wherever it is. So there you go. Easy. Do you like the, do you like the sauce, Mike? Sure. It's good. It's okay. Yeah. I'm not, I don't really do fast food, dude. So it's, 
I go there only when it's Denny and like I have no money to go like, uh, hey, you don't want to go to like Yard House or Lazy Dog or somewhere we can get something where I could get something other than chicken strips. But if right, I'm low right. on money, I'll go there. It's, it's it's better than like, you know, regular fast food. It's it's not it's in between in and outs like fast food that even I'll eat. And then there's McDonald's and Burger King, all the, you know, yeah. Jack, all those lower ones that I kind of avoid. And Kane's in the middle. I'll eat it. Gotcha. Brendan, number four on your list, sir. I can't believe I didn't think of Texas toast. That actually pisses me off. That's yeah. I didn't think of toast or anything. I was, I was just thinking like straight actual like bread items. Biscuits too for me. Yeah. Biscuits. I can't believe I, I forgot. Well, biscuits. actually, I just flipped the little roll a bit because you all talk about. I I'm not a big fan of Olive Garden anymore. I'm not, dude. But their breadsticks are still top. Mm, I, I, so I like good. like their food. In my opinion, is like mid. Is like is it bad? No. Is it the best we get you've ever had? No, nowhere near. But those breadsticks, dude, you'll fill up on those. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In regards to your comment about canes, Mike, it's fast casual, sir. <laughs> I forgot. Sir, sir, I make fast casual. Where I work, or it's about, you know, I'm working currently, not, not for long. But uh, where I work is fast casual. Canes is fast food. They just fry everything real quick and, and bring it up to you. I forgot fast casual, Paul. I forgot about that. <laughs> Second time you've ever heard it in your life. Yep, yep. We continue it. <laughs> All right, Brendan. What's number three on your list? Uh, well, Michael knows that's what to do. I love Uncle Julio's uh, tortillas. Oh, flour tortillas. Tortillas I, and bread. You get to watch them make them right in front of you, man. Dude, it's all yeah. It all happens either, of course, where you're sitting, but mainly like where we sat behind you. You smell it. You see it. It's going, bro. It's it's pretty. It's pretty good. Man, the the flour tortillas in their queso is a meal in itself, dude. That's true. I don't know. Is uh, do you have Uncle Julio's in uh, Cali, Mike? No, I love warm tortillas. It's just we're doing a top five breads, and so you know, I was picking breads. What's the main ingredient in bread? I forget, Mike. Is it flour or what is it? There's a there's yeah, flour would be flour, butter, yeast. Yeah, it's I got a, you. It's okay. You. It's okay, Mike. It's okay. Mike, what's number three on your list? Uh, chocolate chip banana bread. So this is your mm. yellow banana bread that has chocolate chips in it and then bananas and typically like walnuts. Yeah. Such a good combination. So delicious. My wife literally made a loaf of banana bread with chocolate chips and walnuts last night. So, so, so good. good. And it has so. to have the, for me, it's better with the chocolate chips to make it richer and the walnuts for texture. Yeah. Oh man, my, Matt's killing it tonight with his the Mexican sweetbreads. I didn't think about that. I don't need them enough to to put those on there, but when you get a good one of those, those are those are definitely clutch. Pan dulce. All right, number three for me. I'm going with a croissant, man. There's a place called a uh, Charleston Steakhouse where they give you a croissant with your salad and served with like this warm honey butter sauce. Man, man, and their, their croissants are so, so soft, like melt in your mouth. Flaky. Love croissants. Flaky yes, croissants, flaky. so good. And I love when you go to like a donut shop in the morning and they have like their pigs in the blanket in the traditional roll, but then they have it in the croissant too. Man, over the top with that. Uh, number wow. two on my list, flour tortillas, homemade, of course. And my favorite meal to have them with is Mexican breakfast, man. You get, you get yourself a breakfast burrito or just a – a Mexican plate with potatoes in the, in the, uh, in the beans and you have fresh flour tortillas, best breakfast of all time. What is the main ingredient in donuts? <laughs> Sugar. Uh, no, the glaze in the glaze. I just don't get the flowers. I wouldn't have had donut or tortillas in bread personally, but you know, what are you going to do? I go by the. Well, hey, we didn't have donuts. Donuts wasn't allowed to be on the list. That's what I'm saying. No, we didn't have donuts, but we allowed tortillas. It's weird to me. Yes, but then we also allowed croissants. Remember that? Yeah, I'm about to freak everybody's world with my number two anyway. Well, Mike, here we are. Give us your number two. Cronut. Mm. I snuck it in there. It's a donut made out of croissant dough. It's really, it's like so good too. It's like super. Imagine croissant texture. Which yeah. are which is uh, uh, really good, and then uh, there's a lot of yeast in specific donuts. Yes, 
Uh, and then it's it's topped like a donut. My favorite one, because we're doing specifics, is a s'mores one, a Nutella, Ooh. marshmallows, and then it's topped with marshmallows and graham cracker. Oh, so man. Cronut. S'mores cronut. Ugh. Mike, number or excuse me, Brendan, number two on your list. Um, of course, you all never had this, but my grandma's she makes two different rolls. She makes, of course, normal rolls and brand rolls. Dude, they are the best thing a part of any anytime we have dinner at my grandparents' house. Everybody's looking forward to it. We're all pissed off if we don't have enough. It's just it's so good. You can put enough butter on there, super sweet. You have like your pork chops or just whatever she made. It's so good. I like that, man. I, Beautiful. There was a, they, there used to be a place called uh, Black Eyed Pea, and they had a uh, wheat rolls. I love their wheat rolls and broccoli and cheese soup. Man, man, man. Rolls didn't make it on my list, but they're, I love a good wheat roll or a Hawaiian roll or a yeast roll. All right, Brendan, Brendan, number one on your list. Oh, uh, this was easy. Uh, Texas Roadhouse rolls, dude. Those. Oh, man. No, I've got a question for you. I didn't do this till recently because, you know, they have, of course, different chains. So we, there's a one that's Texas Roadhouse, but it's called Logan's near me. Yeah. And so we had, I got pulled pork sandwiches. I switched out the bread for the rolls. And I had that as a sandwich. Best thing, so that's the unhealthiest thing I've ever had, but it was so good. So oh. sweet, but oh, dude, it was awesome. Last Do you night, use my the wife... honey butter, the cinnamon honey butter? Do you put that on there? It's a must. So good. My mom, my wife, my son, and I all went to Texas Roadhouse last night, and we had two baskets of those rolls with extra butter. So, so I turned good. down. I turned down Texas Roadhouse because, one, I'm on my reset, so I'm not supposed to, but uh, – Two, because we have the pod, and I didn't want to miss it. Muhammad and his wife and their friend for her birthday went to uh, Texas Roadhouse tonight. So I've been craving steak, and my mom was uh, kind enough to take us there. So it was nice. All right, so Mike, what's number one on your list? Number one on my list. I, I want to shout out. Get in the end zone. Get in the end zone. There you go. Tie game if they make the extra point, Seattle and Philly. Um. I wanted to point out because I've only had it two times as very recently. So it wasn't on my mind when I was doing the list, but um, my niece's wife makes an incredible uh, uh, like it's a Nutella. I'm going to say it wrong because it's not baklava. That's what I always say to mess with her. But now that's all <laughs> I think of is that because I know it's not called that, but I just say it's baklava because She's like, it's not that, but she makes this like dough that has Nutella in there. And it's, and it's supposed to be s'mores. Like, obviously I like that flavoring, but, uh, it's so good. Bopka, Bopka, it's Bopka is what it is. And I just want to shout that out. I didn't have it on my list. It should have been, that's my fault. It's really amazing. My number one is a shout out to my neighbor. I had a, I had a neighbor for friggin' four decades that every Christmas would bring the family a chocolate, chocolate chip bread. I don't think it was banana, but it was like a banana or a zucchini bread made the same way, but it was a chocolate one and it had chocolate chips and nuts in it. And it would always come really cold. Like they took it out of the freezer and it wouldn't last a day. The whole loaf would be gone, but we always got it for Christmas. She just passed before last year, uh, we mm. got um, we got the last ones last year. We won't be getting any this year because she passed away. But shout out to her. But everybody knew that bread was coming. And it was like, okay, hide it over here. You know, get it. So the main people would get it. And the other people in the house could F off because this was our shit forever. And we wanted all of it. So that bread, <laughs> June, my neighbor, um, you know, that bread that you made us for Christmas for my entire life, it was amazing. So I appreciate it. I like, I like the way you finish your list, Mike. I'm kind of finishing mine in a similar way. Uh, shout out to my Nana RIP for introducing me to this bread. She always had this. It felt like with every meal except for taco night, but I'm going with cornbread, man. And my, my favorite way to eat it. She showed me, introduced me to this way too, is you take some Cairo syrup and butter, warm up your cornbread and it's like a dessert. Man, man, man. It's, a, it's almost a meal in itself. You eat about three pieces of that, dude. So, so good. My list I would redo immediately to add biscuits, cornbread, and the babka 
that that she does. I don't remember what my first three were because I threw my notes away, but whatever they the first the five, four, and three were, switch them out for the babka at three, cornbread at four, biscuits at five. That's what it should have been. Sorry, Canes. Underrated cornbread for sure, man. Yes. All right, man. As always, I enjoyed this uh discussion tonight. Mike, while we're getting you out of here, remind the people they can find you on X. Just missed an hour under an hour at CD Piglet. <laughs> Brendan, remind the people they can find you on X. At Brendan underscore Smith26. Guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan15. We appreciate you joining us and we'll see you guys next week. Nobody wants you on the podcast. Shut up out.